Well, good morning, everybody. We're in the third week of our series on joy. And we're going to look at the beginning. We're going to look at this theme verse that we have for the series. We find it in John 15, 11. And it's where Jesus says this. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We're going to continue coming back to it. If you remember, this is in the whole section when he talks about us loving one another, abiding in him. It's the section that we talked about last spring, but here we find ourselves again. That Jesus' joy might be in you, that your joy might be complete. These are two huge statements. And the question that comes to my mind right away for you, for me, is our joy complete? The joy that we feel in our everyday life, is it the type of joy that we could say is a complete joy or are we lacking something? In this series, we're defining joy as living as beloved by God, aware that God is with us. You see, it's, it is emotion, but it's much more than an emotion. It's more than a feeling. It is this, this mindset that really lives within you, that you are beloved that God is with you, and that ends up filling the entirety of who you are. And so the question is, is your joy complete? Is your everyday awareness of being God's beloved complete? Is your awareness that God is with you complete? And if we know this joy, the question I ask right away is, well, is it, is it worth it? It's hard to talk about joy in the middle of all of these circumstances that we have going around. I mean, even just last week, we spent a good part of the week moving out of the church. It's a lot of work to do that. And so that means we're recording from my home right now. But reality is even here, my family's moving in the next month. We're, we're just moving down near Iroquois, but we're, we're moving ourselves. And when you, you're in this process of moving, you need to make some decisions. You need to make decisions about what you're bringing with you, what you're putting value on, enough value to end up in one of these boxes. Y'all know that I love books. When you're holding one or two or three books, it's no big deal. But all of a sudden, when you're packing up bookshelves, you wonder, are these books worth it? Am I going to read this again? Do I want to move this to another place or should I leave it behind? And we do this when we move, but this is also just a part of our life. You and me, we are in 2020 right now, but soon it'll be 2021. What will we bring with us? What are we taking forward? Because reality is we all collect a lot. We collect a lot of stuff that we never deal with. As I'm going through my house, I realize that we have boxes that we haven't looked at in the five years we've lived here. We moved that box in sealed up and now we're going to move again. And like, I have to open it up to decide, am I going to deal with what's in here? Am I going to sort it out and give it away or throw it away? Or am I going to choose to bring it along with me? See, we have items in our lives, not just in our homes, but in our lives that are like that too. We have memories from our past of relationships in our present, we have pressures and, and weight that we put on our future. 
And all of this, all of this weighs us down. All of this is stuff that we're moving with us. And so when we come to words of Jesus, like, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. My yoke is easy and light. It doesn't feel light, but that's because we're collecting all of this stuff, right? And we have all of this, all these things, and we have joy. And sometimes we're like, I can't see joy. I can't feel joy. Matt, you're talking about being beloved. I don't feel beloved by God. You're talking about God being with me. I don't, I don't sense that God is with me. But in my life, it is often the stuff, the practical, physical stuff, but also just the relational baggage that I'm carrying around. The things that I've let attach themselves like barnacles to my identity that I'm carrying around. It's these things that I'm bringing with me. We're going to look at Matthew 13 for a couple minutes today. I want to invite you to open up your, your Bible there. Jesus gives us two really short parables. We know parables are this way that he taught, these, these stories that he taught, that some people dismissed it, didn't understand what he was saying, and some people latched on. And I'm praying that this morning for us, that we latch on to his words here. That you don't hear me, but that somehow through the Holy Spirit, you hear Jesus talking to you through these words. In 1344, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So the kingdom of heaven, all that God wants to do is he remakes and reshapes this world as he reconciles us to the identity that we're to have. It's like this treasure in the field. And he says somebody comes into it. And here's the thing, that person's trespassing. They don't own the field. I don't know if they're maybe gleaning some crops to eat or they're taking a shortcut home from school. I don't know why they're in the field in this parable, but they find a treasure there. And I think if that person dug up that treasure and brought it to the person who owned the field, well, they couldn't afford the treasure. But reality is if you own the field, you own everything that's in the field. So they reburied the treasure in the same exact place, went home, collected up all their stuff, whatever they had, old Nintendo 64s and books and coffee cups and everything else, and they sold everything that they had. Went to the owner of the field and bought the field. And when they bought the field, they get everything that's inside of the field, including that treasure that they unearth. And that whole process of selling and buying and digging up was done in great joy because the kingdom of God is this treasure. This one who finds it, this one who buys the field is marked by meaning and joy and life. And the kingdom of God is like that treasure. So I think of that for you and for me. I wonder what we would give. I wonder what you have given. What God might invite you to give in the future for his for his kingdom, to know this joy. And I also wonder if part of the time, part of the reason we don't always feel joy is because we 
we don't always go this route. Sometimes we just, when we wander through a field or we just avoid the field altogether because it's not ours. We can't imagine that there'd be a treasure. And then we slowly start to lose that joy. There's a parable that follows the very next verse. It goes like this. Again, the kingdom of God is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now, this parable sounds just like the first, but I want you to be real attentive to the language. Jesus doesn't say that the kingdom of God is like the pearl. He actually said the kingdom of God is like the merchant. So the kingdom of God is the merchant who goes and finds the pearl and sells everything that he has for the pearl. You see, that's flipped. It's backwards. The kingdom of God, God at work within us is searching and leverages everything that he has on behalf of you and me. Jesus gave his life, came back to life. He risks ridicule, being misunderstood, everything, so that you and I, the pearls, the one made in his image, can be found. This is a beautiful story that we see the kingdom is worth us surrendering everything for it to know that full joy of being God's beloved and being having God with us. And it's like that because that is the very heart of our God. God who finds this pearl, sells everything, leverages everything on behalf of this treasure. You see, I hear sometimes from friends within the church, outside of the church, we fear that God's hiding. There's no way. Scripture's clear and my story is clear that God is searching. Your story is clear that God is searching, searching for the faithful, searching for those who call on his name, searching for those who love him. And he finds us and he rejoices in us. Why? Because his joy is to be our joy and our joy is to be complete. That's what Jesus is about. That's what he's gifting us. We get to operate in his kingdom fully in his image, full of meaning and life, knowing his joy. So if 2020 has taught us anything, it's taught us that this world isn't going to be the same. Truly that a lot of us are living in just a mirage, that even the way that we thought the world worked, it just didn't. And it certainly won't in the future. And the way that you did it, like the way that you did life in 2019, there's no reason to go back to it unless it was producing joy. There's no reason to inherit the life that you used to have, the the patterns and habits that you had, unless they were all in line with the kingdom of God. You see, we have this great pause button in our life right now, and none of us like it. But we have this chance right now to reset and and make decisions to go and be the people that we want to be. Go and be the people that we're called to be, the ones that we were created to be. You see, as I've talked to people, even over the last couple of weeks, 
God has given so many visions to people within our church alone. Now, we wouldn't necessarily call them visions. We wouldn't necessarily say they were from God. But they come out in conversations like this. Hey, you know, if I could do anything, I would do this. Hey, if I had the time, and then all of a sudden we have the time. I would want to learn this. I'd want to go here. I'd want to serve in this way. I want to see if that artistic self can come back out again. I'm going to lead. You see, these ideas are birthing within us. And I want to know what, what is it that you want to do about that? These desires that are coming up in you. As you sit still and sure, there's anxiety and there's fear. And I'm not saying that this has been easy at all, but I do think there's something being produced within us collectively. It is what is this that we want to be? What is it that you want to be? What is it that God has laid in your heart? You see, Jesus says that the kingdom of God is worth everything. And it makes me wonder, is there anything that's holding us back? Is there anything that we're tugging along that we don't need to bring with us in the next chapter. And here's the thing, that doesn't even mean that it was a bad thing that you were bringing along with you. It just means in this next place that you go, in this next stage that you go, it doesn't belong as a part of you anymore. You see, my family is downsizing. We're going to a smaller house. That means we don't need nearly as much stuff. Not that stuff was bad in this house. It just doesn't belong in the next one. And a lot of our lives are much the same. There are some relationships in your life that maybe you need to look at and reevaluate how, how much time and energy you spend on that relationship. Maybe there's a desire to, to change jobs or, or go back to school or, or do something different. That it's not that the old way was bad. It's just not going to work going into this new space. See, I, I was thinking this week about when my dad went on a hot air balloon ride with his best friend. I really don't know why they did it, uh, but it's something he had always wanted to do. And so my dad and Claire got in this hot air balloon right near the St. Croix River. And uh, I see all these pictures and hear the story. But as you see the pictures, they're like two feet off the ground with all these ropes and sandbags hanging off, keeping the hot air balloon down. And in order to go and see everything, they had to unhook these sandbags. They had to be released from that so they could just go. And the reality is it's real safe two feet off the ground. You just kind of hover there, but you can't see anything. It's not life. It's not exciting. Nobody really tells that story. Hey, I sat in a hot air balloon two feet off the ground for an hour and a half, paid X amount of dollars and loved it. But the story of going up above the river and seeing the trees and seeing the, the colors change and laughing and joking with your friend, being excited on the drive there and on the drive home. I heard about that for a long time. In fact, I wasn't even there, but hearing the story, even thinking about the story brings life inside of me. I don't know if you relate to hot air balloon riding. Truthfully, it isn't even my story. But I do relate to feeling an invitation from God to, to rise above stuff, 
to go on this new adventure, to experience the joy that that person who bought the field experienced. But you cannot do that if you're roped down. You can't do that and live with the safety and security of these sandbags hanging off of you. You can't say that life is to the full and only be two feet off the ground. No, we've got to go. We've got to rise up. Reality is you and I are to know the full joy of being beloved and knowing that God is with us. But I am certain in order to do that, there's things we have to surrender. There's things we have to let go of. There's new adventures we need to go on. And it's risky and it's scary. It's like selling everything you have to buy a field because you know there's a treasure in there. But Jesus said that he came to give us life and life to the full. And I do not think he was joking. And he said all of this, abiding and loving one another, he, he have his, has us go through this so that we may know his joy and his joy may be made complete in us. I think he meant it. I believe the kingdom of God, I believe Jesus is still like that merchant. Looking for the pearl where he could leverage everything on behalf of you, me, us together. There's circumstances that are so hard. I know that. And I'm not trying to be dismissive of them. We need to feel them, process them, grieve them together. But just because it hasn't broke our way sometimes, maybe, maybe even things like 12-12, maybe it isn't us missing out on what God has. Maybe that's just this giant sandbag that we're being loosed from. Maybe that job that offers you some security, but you're just not feeling it. You feel like God has something else. Maybe that's, maybe that's a sandbag you're being released from. Maybe some of the physical stuff in your house or the habits that you have, maybe those are sandbags that you need to be released of so that we can go and know this joy. I know that if we actually do this, I know if we take some practical steps towards this, it's going to take much grace for God to even allow us to feel this joy. We can't just will our way to it. It's God's grace upon us, and it's also going to require some courage. And so I pray this week for God's grace and your courage. That we may be people who risk for the kingdom. Who know the joy of living as God's beloved. Well aware that he's always with us. Let me pray for us here. Jesus, you're good. And I thank you that even as circumstances seem to be more and more difficult, the, the awareness that you're, you're giving me, that I'm hearing in other people of your goodness is just increasing more and more. If there's anybody hearing this who's, who's needing a reminder, Holy Spirit, I, I pray that you would work in their hearts to gently remind them of your goodness. Remind them that you're with them. Remind us that we're beloved. And the joy that comes from that, I pray that you would 
Lather that on us as your children. God, would you give your grace to us that we might know this joy that you're offering and may you give us courage to go into the spaces that you're calling us, to trust that you never change. Thank you. Amen.